0: Welcome to season two of the Melrose Place cast. I'm Mary, and I'm here to convince my friend Tiege that Melrose Place is a trashy, trashy soap opera, and that's perfectly okay.
1: Uh, I'm Tiege. I'm here to convince my good friend Mary that this show counts as high art for the generations, a time capsule into the future. And the future is now. The future
0: is indeed now. And you know what's great is this is not a recap podcast because we're too busy having all these intellectual debates.
1: Yes, we highly recommend that you pair us with your rewatch of Melrose Place. It will um, enhance the artistic integrity of the show.
0: Mm, I guess that's one way to put it. You know, I can't believe we've made it to season two already. How far along are we in the grand scheme of things?
1: Uh, We're about 11 percent.
0: That seems lower than I would like.
1: (laughs) Well, there's the seven seasons plus the reboot season. Oh god. Uh, this season had the lowest number of episodes.
0: I guess that's and, forward to.
1: And we only had five special episodes in season one. So season two is going to get longer.
0: Oh, boy. Buckle up.
1: Mary, it is with a heavy heart that I bring the news that for the second time in our podcast, sh- Relatively short history, we are requiring the services of Apologia. If you remember, those were that was the crisis communications firm that helped us with the super gonorrhea fallout.
0: Oh, how could I forget?
1: Yeah. Uh, we need to apologize to our listeners for the episode they're about to hear. Um, as you know, this is Season 2, Episode 5. Uh, we do have two special guests with us, and the audio quality is not quite what you have come to expect from us. Oh, no. In fact, it sounds like uh, Mary, I, and our two guests are in a large, tinny room where no soundproofing effort was made. That—that <laughs> That is indeed what happened. <laughs> and, and somehow it's my fault. I accept full responsibility, even though it's Mary's coming. Uh, but just know this is a little different than normal. We apologize in advance.
0: I mean, I don't know if I apologize that much, but I apologize. Jesus. Like, you need to
1: talk to Apologia.
0: <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Melrose Place cast. Today we're talking about season two, episode five of Bikes and Men. This is an exciting day because we have special guests. But I'll let my co-host introduce them. I'm Barry,
1: and I am Tej, and it is indeed an exciting day. Uh, we have searched high and low for special guest stars. We wanted to kind of expand our footprints and look for some virtual influencers, and we found none other than my own nephew and my own niece, uh, Nick and Erin. Why don't you say hello? Hi,
2: I'm Nick. Um, is this why I do the next question?
3: <laughs> Hi, I'm Erin.
1: Yeah, and they are here as um, expert guests uh, for Merrill's Place. Why don't you tell us what you're experts in?
2: Um, Aaron, ladies first. <laughs> nope. It's all you. Um, so I'm an expert in picking some good oldies on road trips.
0: Tell us more about
2: the oldies. No. Um, so a lot of Christina Aguilera. <laughs> um, I played some Pussycat Dolls. This uh, There's some Britney Spears in there, too. Um, even some older Lady Gaga, but she's still releasing new music. So can we really classify her as oldies yet? We don't know.
1: Yeah, as our good listeners remember, in season one, episode five, Nick was our first special guest, mm-hmm. and uh, it really made an impact. It, I, I people bet remembered.
2: I drived up viewership. Yep, it's what is that li- number?
1: Listenership, and he was at the time an expert in his college road trips being canceled. But we just did his college road trip, mm-hmm. and he was in charge of the music, and he was playing great music until he told me it was oldies.
2: That is not the full truth. This is slander.
1: Aaron, suing. why don't you tell us about what you're an expert in?
3: I'm an expert in playing the best number one song for the road trip.
1: Yes, Aaron introduced us to Bo Burnham. Uh, some maybe maybe offensive music, um, but I think anyone listening to our podcast is ready for it. So.
2: We recommend white woman's Instagram. Okay.
1: <laughs> there we go. All right. Well... This was um, an exciting episode. Nick is back. He watched season one episode five and now season two episode five. Those are the only episodes of Marvel's place he's watched and Aaron, I believe this was your first ever episode, or are you re-watching the series?
3: This was my first ever
1: episode. Well, just before we dive into it what what do you think?
3: Oh, uh, it was it was uh, it was interesting.
2: yeah,
1: were you compelled to watch the rest? no <laughs> What about you Nick? What do you think?
2: Um, it definitely took a turn from the abortion episode. Um, and I hope they replace that fridge soon. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, Mary, I think it's time to jump into our points.
0: All right.
1: I would like my first high our point has to do with Jacob Hansen. Ooh. Uh so just to catch viewers up, uh, last episode his bike shop burned down because he left the blowtorch on in Amanda's purse. Always women with the purse. Knocked it over, burned it down. Joe thought he was dead, but he turned out to be alive. And then she thought he did arson, uh, which, again, Mary is familiar with. So then um, (laughs) the insurance adjusters did an investigation. But in last episode, Joe suggested that she wasn't sure Jake didn't burn the place down. So this week, we start with Jake packing to move out. And he specifically said at some point uh, that he was mad with Joe because he said, uh, when a man loves a woman... I'm sorry. When a man trusts a woman, he trusts her completely. But when a woman trusts a man, she just trusts him in little compartments. And I don't understand. And uh, that was troublesome to me. But I thought it was high arts because it captured how society continued in the 90s to do this men are from Mars, women are from Venus trope. And, And I think it made it far beyond stage and screen. And people thought about that and thought like that. In their home lives. And I thought Melrose Place recognized the absurdity of that and wanted to shine a light on it by having Jake push the refrigerator down with, with all of the leftovers from Joe's giant bags of food. Joe <laughs> so
0: does bring home a lot of food, usually. Like, yeah. A lot of Chinese food, a lot of Mexican food.
1: With a, with a full fridge and she's still ordering takeout. Wasteful.
0: It is a little wasteful. Privileged. Maybe she has a compost bucket. But we don't know.
1: In the 90s.
2: (laughs) It was LA. Most people don't have those today, so.
1: Well, that's my high art point, is that they, again, went back to the men are from Mars, women are from Venus, as conceptualized by Jake saying, when a woman trusts a man, she trusts him in little compartments.
0: Mm. He was very God of War-like pushing over the refrigerator. Like, it was was an act of war. (laughs) Um... You know, I, I think you're, you're giving the show a lot of credit, but uh, I'll allow it, because I'm going to talk about this later.
1: Erin, <laughs> do you think my assessment is correct, that they were channeling the absurdity of gender relations in the early 90s with a Jake Joe storyline?
3: Yes. Yes! yes. <laughs> sure. We're going to
1: count that vote? <laughs> what, did, what did you think of Jake's outburst and his temper?
3: He was definitely being a little overdramatic, and I feel like he really took too much to heart because she was fearful of her life, and he acted like he did nothing wrong, even though he threw a fridge to the ground,
2: I see and no a bottle
3: at a wall,
1: <laughs> but. He was, rea- he was accused of arson. Mary, you're familiar with this. Is that a normal reaction? <laughs> for I want to
0: again clarify, I have never committed or been accused of arson.
1: I accused you last week.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess you did. That's yeah, I guess it. you did. Uh, no, but I have not committed arson or been formally accused of arson. Of
2: um, You're not under oath. <laughs>
0: this is not a deposition.
2: D- don't push me to formally accuse you.
1: <laughs> I think we need an indictment. <laughs>
0: No collusion. Um, I forgot the question.
1: (laughs) Was Jake's reaction, because it was out of character for his temper to go off that much. Yeah,
0: that was. But the
1: the circumstances were so extreme. His whole shop burned down and his girlfriend was accusing him of doing it.
0: I think accusing him of doing it is a little strong. I think her worst crime is that she didn't just immediately go, of course you didn't commit arson. I don't think... in my recollection, she didn't say, like, well, yeah, you, you did it. It was more just, like, there was a moment of doubt, and I get why that upset him and hurt his feelings. I don't think the subsequent reactions were justified, but I can see why his feelings were
1: hurt. You know what I found interesting, uh, as Amanda's character is still developing, she offered to Joe to not let Jake have the apartment back. Yeah. She was definitely following... Um, I believe what they called girl code, kind of looking out for each other. Once she saw the damage Jake did in the apartment, yeah. she was ready to send him packing. But then Joe said, "No, let him stay." So Amanda decided to take him. That's
0: what Amanda does. No, I thought for Amanda that was pretty honorable, like that she even asked that question, like if Joe was comfortable or not. So I'll give her, I'll give her props for that.
1: Do you remember when Amanda's ex-husband comes back? Her history yes. spoiler. Is, I'll explain it this show is 30 years old
2: I've never seen it before <laughs> besides these two episodes well
1: but let's move on uh, Mary I I don't know if you were able to find a trashy point for this week
2: if you if you weren't I was
0: <laughs> I dug and dug and you know I found one and I called this one you know I shop here <laughs> uh, this is one I've only seen this show I watched it once before with teach the first couple seasons and this is one of my favorite scenes it's at a grocery store it is two people who are getting divorced it's Jane and Michael uh jane they've had a little they're getting divorced it's a little contentious they've had depositions. Michael was lying and going My favorite line that he said when he was lying during the deposition was, "How could I continue to live with a woman sleep in the same bed, knowing that another man is touching her, making love to her, making a mockery of the sanctity of our marriage and like he's been cheating on her the whole season So I didn't do that um anyway, I want to talk about this grocery store scene um we see Michael by a deli counter, and Jane comes up from behind with a cart. She sees him, and at she, first she turns away, but she's mad. And then she turns around, and she rams her cart right into it. And she calls him a liar. And he's like, you're playing dirty, so I'm playing dirty back. And she's like, oh, you're up to your neck and this. And what are you doing here anyway? I, even know I shop here, which is one of my favorite lines. Uh, and he's here to buy groceries. He says that he likes their fish.
2: That was my favorite line. Yeah. I like their <laughs> he, fish.
0: He's so smug about it, too. Uh, she just keeps yelling at him about how he's lying at the deposition, and he brings up Sam, this guy that kissed her once, and she's like, That's not really what's going on. And he, she keeps ramming at him about how he's lying, he needs to tell the truth. And he's like, Would well, you want to cut a little deal? You believe my lies, I'll believe yours. You started this, baby, but I'm gonna finish it. I gotta go. And she grabs this cart and she's like, You can go it all you want. Sooner or later, they're gonna get you for perjury. And he goes, Right. And then my favorite part happens. She's like, oh, you're making chicken cacciatore? Don't forget the marinara sauce! And she opens up the jar and dumps it all over his head. And there's this wonderful close-up of him. And, like, half of his head is covered in marinara sauce. And he just goes, like, Whoa. And it's so funny. And it's so, so hot for and I love it. It's one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen on the show. Uh, the acting is ridiculous and, like, high-pitched. And it's so fun to see Jane get mad. Because normally Jane is just sort of, like, like, a punching bag. And Michael always wins. And so, for once, she got to dump spaghetti sauce on him. And he is so funny in this scene because he's being, like, so smug. And he's, like, leaning into her face, like, goading her. And oh, God. and then he loves the fish. That's just a great line. It's just... Mwah. Chef's kiss to the whole scene.
1: Nick, Aaron, what did you think? Uh, that grocery store scene, was that a trashy soap opera? Or was that high art for the generations? That is, like, definition of trashy soap opera. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to
2: agree that is... with that. <laughs> like, they... I don't know how I can explain it besides that's the definition of it. I mean, the dramatics, the snarky little line, I mean, what else can there be to it?
1: Okay, so hear me out. No. Michael, you may not have caught this from his character, is an Italian individual. He's the one normally that has the temper, so that that Jake was doing this was, was a little odd. But Jane going through a divorce is just beside herself a little bit with grief, frustration, also all the emotions, and she's not thinking straight. So all she knows is that you cover Italian food with marinara, and she just resorted to what she knows. And I think that is um, high art for reasons that escape me.
2: I think you're reaching.
0: (laughs) It sounds like you might be stereotyping Italian people just a little
1: bit. I don't traffic in stereotypes. That's a good one. This was one of the best scenes. It was certainly one of the more visually memorable ones before the bombing. The yeah, what? this
0: one. <laughs> the alleged bombing.
1: No, we saw the building blow up. It's not an alleged bombing.
0: I don't really... I kind of remember watching that, but... I'll
1: Allison guess. flew into the fireplace. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Spoilers!
2: This show Spoilers. seems so... dramatic. <laughs> I'll get into this later. Okay.
1: All right. Well, I have another, I, it's my time to make a high art point, but I would actually like to defer my time uh, to my very good Aaron uh, to tell us, I, I understand you've done some research after watching this episode and you believe this show to be high art for the generations. And since I am even your favorite uncle, why no. don't you, uh, why don't you tell us? <sighs>
3: um, there's very dramatic entrance to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a <laughs> There's a gay character in the 90s Which is very progressive Yes Yep That's good that's You know it's also of... very
2: progressive? Oh gosh Wasting food And you Wasting know what food. Jane did? Waste food Jane or Jake? Jane Not and Jake? You no know, honestly it's not progressive It's regressive I meant to say Yeah Jane in the aisle dumping marinara sauce. I don't think she wasted it. Michael could have just done this.
1: I'm, sti- I'm sticking my tongue out for the listeners. To catch the marinara dripping off of his eyelashes. Well, what
2: about the one dripping off the side of his head? He could have got a spoon. And it, uh, no, I think it's very regressive than pr- progressive. <laughs>
1: yeah. Do you know, maybe Jane was worried, because in season one, episode 30, as everybody remembers that episode... Um, we find Michael wandering aimlessly through an apartment looking for some sort of deodorizer that doesn't smell like flowers, and Jane was just helping him with that. She got him a new scent that's, that's not too
2: common, and
1: he's a little more manly and Italian. Manly and Italian? Yeah.
2: And you, you know, that also isn't good for the generations, because that's like toxic masculinity. I can't have a flowery scented deodorant.
1: Oh, yeah, he's a toxic, he is... Yeah, I think, if I remember correctly, last year, last season, when you guessed it, Nick, I believe you s- said that Michael seemed a little sexist. Yes, I did. How do you feel about that now?
2: I think I was, I think it was confirmed. I, you confirmed it then, but I think that show confirmed it now.
1: Yeah.
3: He's pretty bad.
2: But how how He's would you bad. say that there's high art for the generations of, um, this will be good for generations to come, of toxic masculinity isn't as well, like, Perceived it today as it was then, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't carry over as well. So it's not high art for generations. Oh, oh no, 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 ma'am. No, no, Listen, no, 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 ma'am. It
1: is, it is high art for the generations because it's capturing what things were like. Mm-hmm. It's not saying this is how things should be, but there were people like Michael wandering around the streets waiting for marinara. I'm still, I'm still trying to pull marinara in, but with that kind of sexist, diminutive attitude towards women, that they were. Um, there for the pleasure of men that they were toys that they were beneath him even uh he is currently dating a doctor dr kimberly shaw Mm -hmm. and is mad that she won't do his laundry for him even though they have the same crazy he's complaining he doesn't have time because he's a doctor so is she at the same hospital with just as much of a schedule and she won't do his laundry for him and he's mad and then he makes his uh Jane's little
2: sister do his laundry for him so. But, like, I feel like high art for the generation should be something that ages well, and toxic masculinity is not aging well.
1: No, toxic masculinity is not, but this portrayal as an accurate portrayal of what it was like in the 90s, I think does hold up. Does it, though? I think it's, well, we'll, well let's, let's take a break and come back for round two um, with just one guest, please.
2: <laughs> Bye, Aaron. <laughs> All right.
1: Of course, we all remember the iconic scene in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Where Sue Ellen tells Christina Applegate that every woman over 30 needs a cucumber in the house. You know, for the eyes. Well, Mary, every woman of a certain age, like you, I know has had at least five of this product sponsoring this episode this week. Which is, of course, big, bulky, puffy... Trapper Keepers. Did you have Trapper Keepers in middle school?
0: I think I just took some to a garage sale.
1: See, they're so special you hold on to them for several years. At
0: least like four years.
1: Afterwards. Well, we are proud to announce a deal between the Trapper Keeper Corporation and their new spokesmodel, Jay Jake Hansen. (laughs) Wow. It's great. Now it comes in several colors but here's what's special about them. There's, as you know with Trapper Keepers, all these little spots and compartments and little folders and little tuck-ins, right? So Mm -hmm. they even, as technology really started to advance, the cover itself unzipped and you had a little spot up front to keep your student ID. Well, this Trapper Keeper is full of all the places women can hold their trust for men in their convenient little individual (laughs) compartments. So if you go to TrapperKeeperCorporation.com and type in their promo code SPAGHETTI, you will get an extra bonus folder inside your Trapper Keeper when it's delivered. You will have to pay extra shipping though. That seems fair. Yeah, that totally fair. fair. But here's, do, would you like to know what some of the compartments are? Yeah. Okay, so wow. in the little, when you undo the Velcro and of course, inside there, there's a little compartment where you can hold up to three pens or pencils. Up to three? That's up to good. three. Yeah. Now more if the pencil is used and is half. Oh, yeah. Right? If it's half a pencil. Yeah. You could put six crayons if you want, but don't leave them in the car.
0: Not on a hot summer's day. No. Uh-uh. no. So
1: that's right there in the little, the little Velcro thing. Of course, the cover has a little unzip thing. That's where you're going to keep your, your credit card or your um, Starbucks card. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. And then when you open it up all the way, oh my goodness, Mary, the options. You wouldn't believe. On the left, there's... Uh, on, the, on the far left when it opens, so the inside of the cover, there's a spot for wallet-sized photos from all of your friends' senior high school pictures.
0: Oh, I want to remember them.
1: Yeah, and you got to keep them in your Trapper Keeper.
0: Well,
1: yeah. 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 Uh, did you take those photos out before you took your Trapper Keepers to the garage sale?
0: Yeah, I treasured all those photos. Good,
1: okay. good. So also, now the folders, though, that are in there, there's, there's four of them, okay? okay? Red, yellow, green, and purple. Okay. Red, yellow, green, and purple. So do you want to know what you can keep in them? Yeah. The red yeah. folder is for how much you trust a man to pay the electric bill. <laughs> so if you're living together and you need to trust him to pay the electric bill without a reminder, that's what you keep in there. Okay. That okay. one's gonna be empty. That's, okay, so you, okay, got it, got it. Now, the yellow folder is, do you, this is the next compartment of trust for a man. Do you trust your gentleman caller not to go see Sydney for any reason at all? <laughs> not for a chili dog, not for a fluff and fold, not for a prostitute. What about a nothing. donut hole? No, <laughs> no donut holes. Oh, God. But do you remember when Jake said that marriage was like a donut hole?
0: He did, didn't yeah. he? It was very philosophical. Yeah. And wasn't it. I don't remember. I'll still get my notes. It was
1: when Matt said men are terrible, too.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was right.
1: Okay, but now the next folder, of course, is what did I say? Green? Yeah. This is when, do you trust your man not to go shopping where he knows you shop? <laughs> you know I shop here, so don't come. If you trust your man not to do that, you're going to keep that here in this green one. It's just a little printout card that you, you kind of fold it once and it slides right in. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the, the purple one. That's if you trust your man uh, to only put lily pads in your pool when invited. Or roses in your bed when invited, for example. Not just breaking in. Not just breaking in. Here's the thing. You don't break into a woman's apartment and leave rose petals all over her apartment, in her bed, in her pillow, in her shower as a surprise. They don't like it.
0: Especially if they didn't invite you
1: in. Especially if they told you, don't ever come talk to me again. And
0: like you broke through a broken window and like came in. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So get yourself over to TrapperKeeperCorporation.com, promo code SPAGHETTI, and uh, you will get that purple folder... Free, but you do have to pay nine dollars extra in shipping
0: again that seems very reasonable
1: it does it's a good deal too
0: is there the option like i remember remembering my trapper keepers back in the day and like are there additional folders you could acquire like after this original setup
1: oh you better believe it mary oh, wow. you can get a new kids on the block folder what what with, with prominently featuring lance bass so if you can trust your man not to go see Matt.
0: A lot of mixed You
1: keep it in here. this Lance Bass folder. Lance is the gay one.
0: Not in New Kids on the Block. Shit,
1: <laughs> you're... Wait. <laughs> you're
0: right. You're just so young and just that you didn't know which one he was in. It's, you, bear, you you weren't even around when those I were around. <laughs>
2: I'm so sorry. It's um, oh, an insane folder. <laughs>
0: there was a gay brother in New... One of them came out later. Was it, I think it was Jonathan. <laughs> So you were on the right path. You just, you got, you're so young that
1: you Mary, I don't remember. think Trapper Keeper is going to sponsor us again. We screwed up. It's over. What's our promo code again? <laughs> <It's> spaghetti. <laughs> and we are back for the second half of season two, if you can believe it. Episode five of Bites and Men. I'm teased. I'm still married, And we are here with two special guests, my own niece and my own nephew, Aaron and Nick. Welcome back. Uh-huh. I don't know why I said that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you enjoy the break?
3: Yeah, I got a juice box.
1: And I got more Diet Coke. All right. Uh, Mary, would you like to get us started? At the end, I should say, I should say at the end, we're going to play our very first... Listener voicemail. A listener called in and left us a message.
0: This is very exciting.
1: And I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. I. You know how I'm a sucker for spoiler alerts. Um, it is not just... correcting me on Kelly Kapowski. So is it my mom? No, it's not your mother. But it's it's different feedback than we've gotten before. So
0: <laughs> is it hate
1: mail? I'm not going to say anymore.
0: I, I want to be prepared if it's hate mail.
1: Just be ready for anything. God, there's so many
0: places my brain can go with that. All right, I'm going to talk about why this shows trashy. As usual, Uh, Jake may not have committed arson, but he's definitely a gaslighter. So I'm not going to repeat everything Tate said, but yes, there's been some strife between Joe and Jake. Uh, He's been not really accused of arson by the insurance company, but they're investigating it. And she didn't immediately lead to his defense, so he got upset. Uh, He wakes up and he's going to move out one morning, and she wakes up and's like, no, don't move out. And they sort of make up and then later she's in her dark room, and he gets home and he's been questioned by the insurance investigator. I think that was the insurance guy. And he begrudgingly admits like, you know what? I think I didn't turn off the torch all the way before I left. And he's upset with himself. He's like, I can't believe it. I caused the fire. And he starts punching the door like a big animal and she tries to talk him down. And he's like, I'm upset because it was my shop. And she says, well, look at me. I'm not upset. And like my money helped pay for the shop. And that was the wrong thing to say because he's real sensitive about the money. And he gets all mad, he's like, it's not my shop, it's about your money. And he goes to her fridge, and he beats the crap out of it, and he's just banging the door over and over to the point where the fridge is breaking. There's food flying. The fridge literally tips over and falls on the floor. He grabs a bottle of wine and throws it at the wall. There's wine everywhere and broken glass, and she tells him to get out, and he does, and he should leave. And we see them next at Shooter's, where he tries to make up to her, but he does a really half-assed job. He doesn't really sound super sincere, like he's really accepting responsibility for his behavior and she just goes apology accepted and he goes well are you just the queen of the two word sentences and she goes what do you want to hear a mouthful and she shoots off and she's like you scared the hell out of me i can't just forget what happened in the apartment and he's just like "Well, i wish i could take it back but i can't which is not a good answer and she's not having it and she's like i already lived with one violent man i told myself never again and that really sets him off he's like "Whoa, you thought i would hit you and they start doing this thing. I don't know if anyone else noticed it. There's these extreme close-ups of Jake in this episode that are, like, on, like, sometimes his mouth is kind of out of the frame. It's really weird. I don't understand what they're about. And so there's a couple of those. He's outraged. He's like, you just don't love me at all. And she goes, well, no, I'm afraid I really do. And she just leaves. And there's another extreme close-up. It's very weird. Uh, toward the end of the episode, we see Joe is at work at the photography studio. And he comes there. She's like, I'm glad to see you, but i got to set up some stuff. And he's impatient and rude. He's like, no, I want to talk now. So he gives her a check that he got from the insurance company and he'll get the rest of the money to her. And she says, no, like keep it. It's for your new shop. And he goes, nope, there's not going to be another shop. She deflects and she's like, well, okay then. It's like for us, we'll decide what we want to do with it. And he goes, when a man trusts a woman, he either totally trusts her or he doesn't. Women trust men in categories. And I don't think there's a single category you trusted me in. And she starts apologizing. She's like, I'm sorry for what I said. And the heel of it moment, he brushes her off. The damage is done. And he's never told anyone he loved them before. And when he told her that, he meant it from his soul. He's never going to go out on a limb again. He doesn't want her money. He wants her heart. But I think by the time I came around, it was so beaten and broken that I didn't have anything to do with any of this. And it was never really yours to give me. And he gives her the money and he leaves. And Joe looks heartbroken. This is not cool. Later, we hear Joe telling Allison that, like, it's all her fault. I broke us up single-handedly. It was all my fault. We've to Jake drinking beer by the pool with Billy, and he's blaming it all on Joe, and he says women only want you if you have money. Uh, and she didn't trust him enough to know that he wouldn't harm a hair on her head. And I have so many issues with all of this. This <laughs> is very not okay. Uh, it's a trashy soap opera plot, first and foremost. I will grant Jake that he had hurt feelings that she didn't immediately say she did would even consider the arson thing. I get that. But that does not justify his physical breakdown and breaking things he breaks the crap out of her refrigerator he throws wine he takes no ownership of that he doesn't show up to help clean it up he of course if anyone in that situation if they were joe would have been scared and felt unsafe and threatened she has every right to be like oh my god i thought you were gonna hit me because you were out of control and his apology at shooters was bullshit (laughs) because he wasn't being sincere he wasn't taking ownership and then finally he does the whole gaslighting thing where he's like well it's all your fault because you don't love me and you don't trust me that's why we're breaking up. Like, this is—you guys probably should break up because this is
1: not a good situation that you're in. Just trashy. I thought it was high art. Like, listen, Mary and I have been friends for years now, going on eight, and I am familiar with how people react to arson now. And I think being accused by your girlfriend of arson, of burning your shop down. I understand his reaction, and I think what they were trying to capture is that this is it, right? So the literary genius of Melrose, the Melrose Place writers' room, they were thinking, um, they were thinking a lot about male fragility, <laughs> <laughs> and, really? the, and the male ego, and how to really portray that to middle America outside of Los Angeles or New York. So they channeled jake into this angry, ragey, Italian-ish, although I don't traffic in stereotypes, guy to show that every, every American male, unless we fix something, is just this close to breaking the door off your refrigerator and ruining all of your leftover takeout. So we better, as a society, make some moves, expand our definition of masculinity and gender, and what's acceptable. And it should be okay for guys to show emotions that aren't anger. And I really think all of the progress we've made in that, in those areas, which we still have a long way to go. Don't look at me like that, kids. We still have a long way to go, but all the progress we made, I think comes back to this moment, this episode, this scene when the refrigerator tumbles and it it is supposed to symbolize the falling of American culture.
2: Does it hurt Mm. to reach that much? (laughs) No, I'm quite good at it. I feel like this far into the show, I feel like you'd have to get good to find out that this show isn't trashy. <laughs> a lot
0: of stretching beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I, I
2: would. That's why you went on a walk before this.
0: <laughs> get a little energy moving. Uh, the problem with that argument is that the show doesn't do any of those things. It just shows him punching <laughs> and breaking things and then blaming the woman who takes the blame and goes, it's my fault.
2: Ice cream it all is Isn't that how American culture was working? (laughs) But like, again, this, for it to be high art, isn't it supposed to age well? Along with represent what it was like at the time. I mean, you can do both, but. No, it's supposed to age,
1: like accurately represent. We're not supposed to look back at it. We're not supposed to watch Gone with the Wind and be like, I wish we could go back to that. But if it's a good representation of what life was like then, it's a time capsule to, to the future. Jokes on you. I've never seen Gone with the Wind. <laughs> then the jokes on you, because neither have I.
2: <laughs> that movie could take place in the future for all we know. <laughs> well, I
1: hate to do this, but I've got another high art point that I think right. is going to take it away.
0: All right, I'm, I'm open. As
1: I always. Let the record show I am delivering this high art point, Mary. During Pride Month, (laughs) so disagree at your peril.
0: (laughs) How could I dare during Pride
1: Month? Not during Pride Month. (laughs) Listen, my high point this year is about Katrina Petrovna, Zamulo Chakova, or uh, Katya. And uh, here's what had happened Matt went on his romantic date with Katya (laughs) under the pretenses that it was a romantic date. He thought she perceived it to be a romantic date, he was correct. Um, so you know, for advice on ladies, who do you go to, <laughs> Dr. Michael Mancini? That's what that's what Matt did. It reminded me a little bit of when Billy found out Amanda was pregnant. So for advice, he went to Jake because hey, Jake has abandoned a child. What 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 can, what can he tell us? That's true. That happened. But so he went to Michael Mancini for advice on women. You know, uh, now in Matt's defense he had a romantic question about a redheaded doctor that was not Michael Mancini's wife. And Michael knows a lot about that. So that was good. But he said to Michael, I think she likes me. And Michael was like, okay, cool. And Matt said, I don't think she knows I'm gay. And Michael chuckled and said, Oh, I think she already knows. (laughs) Which um, felt uh, real to me, but that's fine. Anyway, we get there. She does not already know. Matt was hoping she knew. She did not because we cut. We it was a really rough edit because out of nowhere I forget what the scene was before that. But the first scene at the dinner with the Russian brochure, whatever they were eating, is just Katya being like, "So, what are you looking for in a relationship?" That's the best Russian accent I can do. Um, <laughs> and uh, Matt gave a long-winded answer and then said some version of like, "In a guy" or something like that, right? So he, he gets it and then. It takes her a moment, it washes over, and then she chuckles and she says, why didn't you tell me you were gay? And Matt said, what is so vintage 90s? I don't know, why didn't you tell me you were straight? And they have a good laugh, and they, I don't know if they decided to get married in this episode.
0: No, not yet. No,
1: that's coming. Um, but they they had a good laugh, and they, they move on. But this is what was high arts. I remember I was an RA uh, at at my college. um, Oh, when was I? It was I was about twenty, so about four years ago, and <laughs> <laughs> or a while ago, um, maybe
0: some maybe. multiple of
1: four. So, some multiple of four. I think that multiple is five. It was a presidential election. <laughs> That's what matters. But um, anyway, I know I remember part of the training, like the diversity training on LGBT. It stopped there. It was just LGBT issues at the time. Uh, was we had a sheet of like commonly asked questions that people ask gay people and then they spun them around to straight people to really make you think and one of them was why didn't you tell me you were straight or um, I don't know have you ever tried dating someone of the same gender (laughs) things like that and it it, now it just seems so ridiculous right that we would need to do that because it seems so basic but back then actually even before then so this was in the early 90s when this aired I bet that was a little bit of like a Oh, huh? To some people, but to yeah. most people, it was probably like, "Get this gay off my TV." Get this gay off. My TV. <laughs> he can he can be gay as long as he marries a woman. So that was my high, or the the very rudimentary elementary view of like, made people think that gay people aren't that different by turning the questions around on them.
0: Yeah, I I, I would agree with that, that. I like that too. I thought as as much as something could be higher, that would.
2: from the episode I think that's his best point (laughs) and it's only semi-okay
0: I like I like those two actors (laughs) together I to me it seemed like a believable scene like it it didn't seem far-fetched like that seems like something that could actually have happened like between like without a lot of machinations
1: Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I thought it was cute too yeah it was just I don't know I'm excited whenever Matt gets a scene
1: it's so tricky to work into a conversation with someone. Like, if you think they're hitting on you, you can't just be like, hey, I'm gay. Because, the, one, in the 90s, that wasn't always safe to do. But, two, it can be um, perceived weird if you misread it, if they weren't actually hitting on you, right? So, like, that seems a little a little bit excessive. Um, yeah. So, I, I related to Matt trying to, like... Go through with a friendly date, hoping that she understood and that Michael was correct in his reading of women. Um, <laughs> that
0: was a long shot.
1: <laughs> so I, I, I got it, and I related to his awkwardness with having to, having to say it, and I thought it was higher for the generations. But I'm very curious for our special guests because Mary, they're not Gen X like you or I. They're not even Millennial like me. They are <laughs> the new one, the Zoomers, and uh, your generation has a much more advanced and evolved view on. LGBTQAI issues and gender issues, and I'm very curious how this scene landed with you.
2: Uh, Aaron, you want to take this one?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, I need I
2: time to think. That was a, I didn't know that it was coming our way. <laughs> I really
3: kind of forgot that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's
2: yeah. um, it just, um, uh, wow. You
3: got this?
2: Um, no, I don't. <laughs> I have full trust in you. <laughs> so I feel like, um, what, what was the girl's name? Katya. Katya. You're Katrina um, Petrovna. <laughs> Zambalochikova. Yeah. So I feel like Katya and Jake. Matt. 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 <laughs> um. That's fine. I, it, it, didn't feel like a forced scene. Um, but it was definitely a scene they had to do. Um. <laughs> And I wonder if this show was trying to be too progressive. I mean, last time I was here, we talked about the progressiveness of the show and featuring an abortion um, and um, the diversity of it, not racially, but gender-wise. And our our generation, we do have a better idea of gender and that it's truly just a social construct. So pretty much what I said last time is void. Um, But... I don't know. Just, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just <laughs> I'm rambling. I'm rambling on, hoping that a point will come into my head at some point. Mary, did you see him stare me down when he said, <laughs> gender is just a social construct, as though I'm going to argue the point? <laughs> I didn't stare you down. I'm just staring off into nothingness. Trying huh. to think
0: of a point. You said, yeah. Like, if this happened now, like, if someone asked someone who was gay on a date and they were straight, do you think it would even get so far that the Gaberson would go, go on the date or do you think it would just,
2: they'd say, oh, or they... I, I feel like it would depend, depending on if the person's closeted or not. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: I think I think Aww. in this exact situation right now,
1: Matt would have found a way to make sure uh, Yekatrina Petrovna, Chicova, uh saw his Instagram first.
0: I can't <laughs> imagine why they're confused about
2: the character
1: names, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he would make sure Katya saw his Instagram
2: or some version of would you know, take him take her yeah, in something. You, but you want to hear something? Um, what well, you said? Something very similar happened at my school. Of uh, this um, person who was closeted went to prom with a girl as a date, oh. and I saw that and I was like, "No, what is this?" Um, did Did you help
1: her understand what was happening to her?
2: No, I just went to the guy that he was talking to, and I was like. Not what is this? Do
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting? It, it was very risky for them to have an out gay character on the main cast, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the the things the the producers have said in interviews after the show is that they wanted to have an on screen kiss for him, but they could not do it. So it was mm-hmm. it was, that was not allowed on network television in 1993, four, five, six. So there's that. But the other thing I noticed, and I made this point a lot with Mary is Matt's character relative to everybody else has to be very pure and clean. He can't be um, out sleeping around like Michael is. He can't be underhanded and um, sneaky like some of the other, like Sydney is. He can't be manipulative and power hungry like Amanda is. Uh, he he can't even be um, a romantic wide eyed like Allison is. He has to just be a saint. Uh, he has yeah. to be saintly. Yeah. Now, how they put him in jail for murder is a whole other situation, <laughs> <laughs> but they still <laughs> keep him saintly and pure. And... <laughs> yeah. Spoiler we we'll, we'll kind of alert.
0: that. Um,
1: he can be involved with shady characters, but for them to have had an openly gay character, I think he had to be uh, uh, as pure as the freshly driven snow. Mm-hmm.
0: Squeakly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes his hair gets kind of long and greasy later on, from
2: what I remember. What but that's you, just the styling they issue. They only call him in every month or so for some filming, so... <laughs> We don't have time to trim it. We got to Yeah, get I bet set. sometimes just a random person would come in. And they'd be like, "You." <laughs> well, that was my high R point. I think I
1: won. Um, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't think either of us can really. We
2: have space for one more trashy oh, point. Yes. Do you,
0: do you have anything
2: you would like to share? I do. How? Um, <laughs> I put. I missed Rhonda. That's not my trashy point, but I did put that. Me too. Um. Well, I put a lot of stuff. Um, I put, what is this going for? I mean, from C se- from the last episode that I watched, it was giving me very much like friends vibes, like group of friends living their life in LA, obviously friends is New York, but at the point, um, and just like going on with their lives. And then this season comes around and it's like an entirely different show with the same. It was like an American horror story, <laughs> different season, different show, same cast so I was just watching that I was like how is this carrying over well now last season it was a reach more for me to be like this is a trashy soap opera because it didn't remind me of a soap opera this season is a trashy soap opera (laughs) and that switch from friends to whatever it was then was like full speed into a trashy soap opera and I, I just wanted to point that out. Also, the, the, we need to talk about the cliche lines from that this episode. <laughs> the, what? I'm moving out. I I can't stand you anymore. I don't trust you. Like it, it just it was so cliche, dramatic. I, it was painful to watch, and it was I was watching with Uncle Teach and he was smiling, like, that's a good line. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think he argues a lot of late like, material in this stuff more than he'll ever <laughs> end <clears throat> I
2: also put in all caps.
0: <laughs> He's randomly writing notes, like, yes,
1: this is <laughs> <laughs> I was My, making notes because I, I would smile when I knew
2: they made a high art point that I could take <laughs> and use against Mary. So he would watch it with, like, his, like, Hands cupping his cheeks, and then he'd get a point, and then he'd go huh, grab his pen, <laughs> write something down in his notebook, then back to like that.
1: Um, really and in, all caps,
2: <laughs> in all caps, I wrote Amanda getting in everyone's business. Mm-hmm. And you know, I saw her, and I was like, Yep, that's her type. Walker <laughs> Jake, what's going on with you and Joe? Oh no, you want your old apartment back? Let me go talk to Joe now. Oh no, is he aggressive? I won't give him his apartment back unless you want me to. I, that, that That is like, oof, it was just very much trying too hard. Those are all my points. And in summary, you think together they equal high art? Uh, no, I think I said full speed.
1: Into trashy soap opera. I don't know how that equals high art. I'm sorry, you're breaking up on me. I can't. I we're in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting across from a table. Well, Aaron, what did you think? Can you can you rebut and argue against Nicholas? Uh,
3: no, <laughs> I I don't think I can.
1: What What were your favorite parts of the show? The episode.
3: <laughs> well, the only part I remember is the part. Where the guy don't know his name was mad, and that's the only Nicholas. Jake. J- Jake. <laughs> that's the only part I remember. I wouldn't say that's my favorite. It's just the only.
2: How is that the only part you remember? We just talked through the whole episode. <laughs> yeah,
3: I I listened and I was.
2: Was the marinara scene not memorable for you? <laughs>
3: I guess. Once you guys said it,
2: it popped in my head. You just seemed forgetful. Forgot to submit my papers for Concordia.
3: Okay. You said you liked Psychic. So okay. That's not even
2: enough. That, that, that doesn't add up. Nick, did you have any highlights that you'd like to point out? I, before I have a up? whole list of others. Um, I wish some of their parents made the same decision as Jane did in season one of the so- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> i let the record show this is the pro-choice podcast, apparently. Uh,
1: maybe pro-abortion.
2: <laughs> and the Jake throwing wine and smashing the fridge is a trashy soap opera cliche. I was expecting Joe to be like, my heart, I had Chinese food in there that I really wanted. I would have done that. Oh, oh I was watching that. And I was like, no, because I know she has some leftovers that she was really hoping to eat. Can I pause? This is a problem I had with the show. It has to do with
1: Jake threw a wine bottle over the mantle and it crashes on the wall on the picture frame and drips down onto the mantle and down from there. So when Amanda comes by, Joe does a thing where she only opens the door crack and she kind of insinuating that she was used to uh, abusive situations before. She eventually opens it all the way to show Amanda and Amanda sees the wine there. But when Amanda knocked the door, knocked on the door, Joe was cleaning the spilled wine with a sponge and she was just scrubbing the mantle while the wine above it was still there. And that was like, you clean from the top down. Yeah. Have you not done this before?
2: <laughs> I don't recall Joe much from the one episode I watched before this, but from this, I was like, oh, oh, she failed school.
0: Was she there yet last
2: time? No, she wasn't. She was still That's in New right. York. Oh my God.
0: This is your first
2: introduction. Yeah. I, I, so many of these. I mean, here's the thing. I forgot who Michael was. So I was like, who's this doctor? Who are these two doctors? <laughs> It's been a while. Kimberly it's wasn't there. there. Oh, yeah. When, when Does yeah. Billy still write for the newspaper?
1: <laughs> no. Billy, uh, Billy, and Allison are now dating. They're together after Amanda tried to get with Billy. Yeah. Should have written it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Billy this week tried to take Allison away for a, a weekend getaway. Uh, while well, he's doing an interview for the magazine. Oh. And God. the guy's daughter. Hits oh, so he, Billy.
2: Moved, he moved up from newspaper. Yeah.
1: He moved up from Newspaper, now he new gets shop. $50 a week? Well, he, he's, you know, he's making bank, but not enough to afford the hotel. Oh, so no. he brings Allison along, and you know it's a little bit of a lover's quarrel because he has to still do his job, and she gets mad, and she took off of work. And the one thing I noticed, Allison said, I can't just disappear, I've been working really hard to prove myself to Amanda. And I thought uh, the missing words in Allison's text was, I can't just disappear for someone who's not Keith, also, she would have took off with Keith. Yeah, Who's
2: Amanda? Up. Like, I understand Look like she's like, she must be like the landlord or something. But yes. like, when did she become a part of this friend group? She owns the building. Okay.
0: But only very recently.
1: Only
2: very recently, at
1: the yeah. season finale. Yeah.
0: And she was around for about the last half of the yeah. first season. Around Karen episode
1: days? 20. Yeah. So but she bought the building and, and moved in uh to Rhonda's apartment.
0: I know, we, we keep talking about that,
1: but... It was Rhonda's apartment. The
0: internet does seem to dispute some of the facts sir.
1: So. so she moved into Rhonda's apartment. But so that is why she would be involved. Jake had to go talk to her to get his apartment back. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want to give it back to Jake and take it off the market if Jake was just going to end up back with Joe two days mm-hmm. later. So that's why she went to talk with Joe. Oh, it made sense. That's
2: true. Capitalism, yes. <laughs> this podcast is where a very specific group of people... <laughs>
0: Our three listeners thank us. Mary Does
1: Virginia still listen? I, I believe she does.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Mary, did you have any highlights you wanted to hit?
0: I have a couple little ones we haven't touched uh, So you mentioned the scene where Matt goes to Michael for lady advice, and uh, he suggests that he bring a bottle of red wine and a bottle of white wine. That way you can't go wrong. And Matt's like, no, no, I mean she likes me. And she wants to get to know me better. And Michael goes, "Oh,
1: you mean biblically?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really hard. Uh,
1: Is that an expression the kids still use? Biblically, yeah. Like when you when, when two people are gonna hook up, eighteen sixty three. We were listening to the Book of Mormon. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that makes
0: sense. Uh, oh gosh, what are we gonna? Oh. Uh, when Allison gets put out that Billy has to go to work at the resort, and he's like, well, what am I supposed to say? Can my girlfriend, who's not supposed to be here, come with me? And, uh, he tells her to earn a room service, and get a massage, do whatever she wants, and she's like, well, I can't do that, because I'm not on the hotel register, so I can't, like, I, they don't know I'm here. And he says, just pay cash, and I'll get it reimbursed. <laughs> no, you won't. Like, they're not going to reimburse this. Uh, later, they're dining, and Billy's getting hit on by this interview subject. Very flirtatious daughter who's like grabbing his leg and like putting her arm around it. And uh, they notice Allison dining alone behind them. And she gets up to leave because it's awkward, and Billy chases her. And they have this great little exchange where Billy says, You're being ridiculous, like, and she's like, Ridiculous is you getting groped at the table by Brian's fixes of the week. And he says, That's his daughter, <laughs> and she goes, That's even worse. This <laughs> made me laugh. And my last favorite little moment is Joe and Jane riding bikes in the park. And I remember specifically, this is a tangent. The first time we saw this, I don't know if it set me off, but I was like, what the F is this? And I got really mad. And I just found that meme the other day. Anyway, they're riding their bikes, and Jane is talking about how tomorrow is Kimberly's deposition. What will she say? And we do a cut to the hospital, and Michael's telling Kimberly, why, Kimberly? It's that easy. <laughs> that sums
1: up the whole thing nicely. On that bike ride, there was a great moment where, out of nowhere, Jane's like, I've been thinking a lot about honesty lately. <laughs> and it reminded me near the end of last season, she was also talking to Joe. And out of nowhere, she's like, I've been thinking a lot about marriage lately. And listen, the writing's consistent for her, but I don't think that's something <laughs> you would just jump out and say. Like, yeah. I've been thinking a lot about honesty lately. Also, it is worth noting, Kimberly could not lie under oath even to save a ton of money in the divorce, and this is not the Kimberly we will grow to know, but it's important to remember, Mary, as we're binging through all of the series, that Kimberly is going through changes. Her character arc is, is going to shift. She did not start out as a
2: terrorist.
0: Oh my god. Nope. She builds to it.
2: Yeah. Is she a terror? Like, a legit? Like, is she the one who did the bombs? Uh, legend bombings.
0: Spoilers. <laughs>
1: Spoilers. Yeah, she bombs the building. It's a, uh, Jump scare, It's a bomb building. Yeah. Legend. All right. This is the moment of truth. Nick, Aaron, you have to vote individually on whether this is high art for the generations or a trashy soap opera. Things to know, you're under no pressure to vote for me just because I am even your favorite uncle. Uh, I, but I if you... I think we discussed earlier, he's it, not even my favorite uncle. If you don't vote with me, we don't count the votes. <laughs> okay. So. Well... So we, what, uh, we are we'll, we'll start herself. with, we'll start with Aaron. <laughs> is this high art? Uh, or is it art for the generation?
3: <laughs> mm, it's, I'm definitely not forced to say this. It's high art. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. I will drive you back to Milwaukee. <laughs> Nick, what about you? What hey, do you, you think? Think? I'm pretty sure this thing we're going to tomorrow is in mosquito, So have fun in Milwaukee. People don't know what mosquito is. You can't just make up random cities. <laughs>
0: <laughs> found <a> long week.
2: <laughs> um i think that this show is the trashiest trash soap opera i've seen okay but right. that doesn't mean it's bad. that's <laughs> what
0: i always tell you sometimes
2: the trashy soap operas are good
1: you need no,
0: that sometimes.
2: that's not what we're dealing with
1: here all right well that's helpful we're gonna wrap this up now with some listener feedback Oh, in wow. an actual voicemail. Mary, are you ready for this?
0: I hope so. I just hope they're not mad because I, I don't deal with conflict
1: well. They're not mad. <laughs> it's clarification. It came in um, a month ago. Oh. Uh, I've been forgetting to play it for you.
0: <laughs> this is all very on brand.
1: So, we will... I'll play it. Hopefully the audio will pick it up. If not, I'll just drop it in and edit. Okay. Uh, but then we can we can react together. Are you ready?
0: Yes. This uh, is co and... Uh... It is correct that Amanda moved into apartment number four, which was previously occupied by
2: Rhonda, after Joe moved into apartment six, which was previously Rhonda and Sandy's. When Rhonda moved into apartment four, it was a studio. When Amanda moved in, it grew a bedroom. Well, I think that settles it. Thank you. Thank you, Philip. Very educated on the show.
1: They are very educated on the show. They are in the Melrose Place group on Facebook, and they have a lot to say. As do I. I'm with them.
0: I don't disagree with Philip, like, in a, in a, in a sense, because I do believe that that is what the show wants us to think. But I would like to point out that they did point out that all of a sudden the studio went to a two-bedroom yeah. with no further explanation.
1: Yeah. Was Rhonda's apartment a studio? Not when you watched it. Okay.
0: Not originally.
3: Yeah, so
1: what happened? Rhonda and Sandy lived together. I mean, and Nick pointed that out. That's where Rhonda used to oh, live. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Joe came from New York and she needed a place to stay. So they were showing her the empty studio. Rhonda mm-hmm. happened to be there. Or was she looking for a roommate? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yes, because
0: Danny mm-hmm. moved out.
1: And Joe said, oh, this won't. Yes, danny has gone now. And Joe said, oh, this won't work. I need a two bedroom. And Rhonda was like, well, I guess I can move to the studio. And they're like, great. And away Rhonda went. We barely <laughs> saw her exist anymore after that. Certainly, yeah. I think only once in her apartment with metholomeo. Yes. yes. Yeah. So she moved over to apartment four, now occupied by Amanda Woodward.
0: And it's a two bedroom.
1: And it's a it, it's. I think it has a bedroom. I think it's a one bedroom.
0: It's pretty big.
1: Yeah, it's Amanda Woodward.
0: I'm not saying she shouldn't have a big apartment, but the magic of time and space has changed this without any construction from a studio to at least a one bedroom.
1: There was a week break in between seasons, so they could have done all sorts of remodeling. Maybe
0: she really motivated that contractor. Yeah, get on
1: it. You know she could <laughs> have. If well, anyone could. <laughs> well, Nick, Erin, thank you so much for coming to be our special expert guest.
0: Yes, thank you. And
1: uh, Mary, I, I do think we'll have to continue the debate just at least one more week.
0: I'm so surprised that's the outcome. This week, the Morrow's Place cast is proud to welcome another new sponsor. What are the chances? Uh, this week, we've been underwritten by Grocery Warehouse. Oh, my God. You're going to love grocery warehouse if you don't already shop there. They have the widest aisles. They have so many great sales. Their carts are so sturdy that you can just ram them into (laughs) other people's carts without any dents or any problems at all. Uh, Great sale this week on marinara sauce. There's five for $1 because you're probably going to wind up breaking at least four over the head of someone while you're in the store. Uh, Our customers love the fish. They love the fish, they talk about it. Uh if you're let's say let's say you know you're getting home from work, you're gonna make some dinner, you didn't order any meal kit delivery services this week from Rhonda's Culinary Funk.
1: Or Kimberly's Culinary Kitchen yeah.
0: Creations?
1: Kimberly's Kitchen Creations.
0: Three cakes.
1: Nope. I don't
0: nope. know that part. Nope. Uh, and then what was the other one? Oh, I just did it. Uh oh, Russian Rhonda's something. I'm sorry, we're on a tangent. Anyway. Let's say you forgot to, to send in your meal kit subscription, and you really want to make your famous chicken catch story. Well, you come on down to Grocery Warehouse, which is a very nondescript name. We understand that, but that's what it's called. And you roll that cart on into the store. You go up to that marinara section. You just ran your cart right into it and hope that your ex-husband <coughs> is nearby so he gets splashed by the marinara. And what a fun time you're going to have. We have the greatest mops. We have the greatest cleanup crews. We have... So much soap on hand that's also on sale this week. If you say go home and break jars of marinara over someone's head, I mean, what's not to love? What's not to love? I didn't write this ad ahead of time. You're going to be able to tell very quickly. I'm going
1: to edit. Do you know? Do you know, Mary? What is most exciting to me about the grocery warehouse? What? Tell me. Is if I the the amount of money I've wasted paying full price for marinara bottles that I've broken over somebody's head? Huh. <laughs> This would save so much money to know that there's five for a buck.
0: You can't beat that. You
1: can't beat it. You could just go smashing bitches.
0: You can just go That gender neutral bus.
1: reference, by the way. I'm not talking about women. <laughs> you can just go smashing anybody. Yeah,
0: just anybody. Anyone you've got a little tiff with.
1: You, just get some marinara on it. You know, say, say you're walking through the grocery store. You see a good friend. Of course, you're going to play bumper carts with them like it's. Oh, sure. You know, like you're at uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain.
0: Ram right into them.
1: Ram right into them. And maybe you're mad at them because they've been credibly accused of arson. You're going to pour <laughs> some marinara on their head. And you don't, you don't want to pay more than a quarter for that.
0: No. And if
1: you can pay less than a quarter, even better. Oh,
0: man. God help you if you get to the store during marinara months.
1: Marinara month?
0: Do you want to know the fabulous price available during marinara Yes,
1: month? I do.
0: Ten jars. Ten jars. One
1: dollar. One dollar.
0: You can't beat that. This no. is a dime
1: bag of marinara. It's
0: a dime bag of marinara.
1: Oh, my goodness. This is, the, this is the best news. This is Grocery Warehouse? Grocery Warehouse. Where is it relative to Dr. Shaw's marriage counseling?
0: It is about to, only two blocks away.
1: Two blocks away.
0: Two blocks. Two blocks by foot or by car.
1: So if I enter Grocery Warehouse happily married, get into a tip and start smashing master marinara, and then I'm okay. going to need some help getting out of that marriage... I could just, we could, You don't have to drive. You can just walk to Dr. Shaw.
0: You can walk. And you, the marinara won't even dry off by the time you get there. It'll still be, still be running down your face, probably.
1: <laughs> Unless you have your tongue out.
0: Yeah. The, the, to
1: lap up the marinara as it trips down off your eyelashes.
0: Who doesn't want to lap up a whole jar of marinara? Doesn't that just sound
1: crazy? <laughs> I hear your sarcasm, but I would do it. You know, you just as long as you're dipping some cheese in it, it's fine. Then it's healthy.
0: That's in Isle Street. So wait seriously, how how long does this show go on? How many episodes are there?
1: <laughs> Mary, I told you this right. So it goes to season seven of the original run, but then there's the re- the reboot season. Uh,
0: so there's how many reboot seasons?
1: Just the one so far.
0: So far.
1: Okay. But there's also but then Mary, there's the the Amazon has the true story of Melrose Place movie that we should cover.
0: Oh God, how long? Yeah.
1: Are- and and. Uh, uh, models inc has to be covered too
0: wait what the hell is models inc
1: it's a two-season spinoff
0: of what what do they (laughs) of (laughs) melrose
1: place from the lady from dynasty was on it i think
0: lady from dynasty my god this was like a whole industry
1: and i do think 90210 to get to understand where this show came from is probably worth exploring
0: i i don't know if i agree with that
1: (laughs) and then when allison left she went to Allie mcbeal
0: does it have anything to do with the contents of Melrose Place?
1: I just feel like how do you really want to be an expert in this or not?
0: I mean, I think you know the answer to that.
1: <laughs> okay, so we're in for all of it.
0: <laughs> oh god. <laughs>